listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 280, entitled Interview with Mike Murphy from Murphy's Lawn and Landscape. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for the questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys are sending through. This week, uh, super excited to have uh, the first uh, interview of uh, my uh, winter interview series. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to uh, welcome uh, Mike Murphy to the show. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Hey, Julio, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. That's awesome. Thank you very much for uh, taking uh, the time to uh, come on the show. I really do appreciate it. Uh, so let's uh, just dive uh, straight in there. So tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and your business. Well, uh, like you said, uh, my name's Mike Murphy. I own Murphy's Lawn and Landscape in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, I've been in business for three years now, full-time. I've kind of dabbled in it before, um, but uh, I just, about three years ago, felt like I needed to make a life change, and so I just dove right into what I love. Oh, very cool. So what were you doing uh, previous to the, the lawn care? I was in the janitorial industry. I was in a, uh, actually, I was an owner of a business. I was in a partnership. Um, and it just, I was in that for, shoot, I'd say seven years okay. before this. Okay. Um, like, Very nice. So uh, I gather then the lawn care, my next question uh, traditionally is lawn care, your main income or side hustle, but it sounds like uh, it's your main income? Yes, it is. It's uh, definitely. I do some odd things in the winter, you know, if a customer wants me to, you know, go paint a room or something, but yeah. for the most part, it, that's my main hustle. Okay, very, very cool. Yeah, the <laughs> painting is something I think I've mentioned on the podcast uh, in the past of uh, something that people can do uh, in those winter uh, kind of off seasons. Uh, basically, you know, if uh, it's something that you're comfortable doing that, uh, you know, why not provide it to uh, uh, the, you know, established customer list that you have uh, already there. Uh, so that's kind of neat to, uh, to hear. So what first attracted you, um, you know, if you're coming from that, uh, you know, janitorial side, what's uh, first attracted you to lo- the lawn care industry and made you want to start uh, your own lawn care business? Well, uh, when I was doing janitorial, I was working primarily nights. I mean, as you'd imagine, we didn't do residential cleaning. It was all, uh, you know, commercial, uh, stripping and waxing floors, cleaning carpets, you know, anywhere from churches to law offices. And, uh, you know, it was great. I made really good money being in that. Um, I was actually in a partnership with my two brothers and uh, my parents. We were oh, wow. a family business I was part of. Okay, um, nice. And we were probably the second biggest cleaning company. And the cleaning company's still there. They still run it. I just stepped away to pursue other things. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it was, I got married in September of 2016 okay. um, and working night shift while my wife worked days was extremely difficult to yeah. make those schedules align, if you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And, um, but you know, it, it brought some stresses on the marriage and what I would do. Uh, well, in 2016, we also bought a house. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I bought the house, the gentleman sold me his mower, his weed eater and his blower just to maintain the one acre property we bought. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was just, I started mowing the lawn and I really enjoyed it. It was kind of a stress reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to stripe. I was the typical homeowner blowing grass in the street and just being, <laughs> being, you know, I, I shake my head at my, uh, half still. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so yeah. And I just, you kept using that and going back to that as a stress reliever. And, uh, you know, there was times where I was mowing every day for a week just to de-stress. Oh, wow. Um, and it was about beginning of 2017. I want to say about March. I told my wife, I said, something's got to change. Um, you know, I'm making really good money, um, but I never see you. And at that point we wanted to start a family and I just knew working nights was not going to work. Yeah. Uh, to, to start a family. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I just kind of, started thinking about it one day. I'm like, well, what can I do? You know, and I was mowing while thinking about it. I'm like, I have no idea. And my wife said, uh, you know, you really enjoy mowing and, and, and taking care of properties. Why don't you, know, you should think about that. Um, and so I, I gave it some thought and then I was like, you know, I'm really terrible at it. Um, but you know, I guess you can always learn, and, yeah. you know, so I did what everyone does. Yeah. You, go on to YouTube and you type in how to stripe a log. Um, of course, Blake would B and B is the first one to pop up. Um, and at at that time I wasn't, I didn't really know there was a YouTube community or a lawn care community. I was just like, man, this kid can lay him. Um, so I kind of watched him a little bit and worked on striping and, uh, getting everything going. And, um, I decided, you know, Hey, I really like this. And so August of 2017, I went and bought a SureTrack utility trailer and a entry level kind of uh, res- high end residential commercial mower. Okay. And it and I decided I said, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them all I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So how was that transition? But, how was that? Uh, did your uh, being a family business? How did they take the news? They were initially shocked. They knew that the schedule was hard on us. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, you know how the squeaky wheel seems to get the grease? Yeah, yeah. I was never really squeaky about it. I was just like, hey, you know, it's part of owning a business. You just need to suck it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're still putting food on the table for your family. You know, you're doing what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is true to an extent. Um, but, the, 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 I'll never forget the day. I mean, I still look back at it sometimes and get emotional about it. Um, we're at my sister's house on, I think it was the day before Halloween. And she has a, a pumpkin carving thing every year. You know, okay. My whole family was there and, um, we were all there and you know, we got everything, had a great family time. And we all went home and I told my wife, I said, uh, I said, I need to go meet with, uh, my dad, who's the owner of like the primary owner at the time. Um, so I went and met with him and I pretty much just said, Hey, I'm leaving. Um, and I, I, I should have done it better and been more, I don't know, 
professional about it, but I just told him I can't take it any longer. Like it's, it's breaking me down to do this. Uh, and he, uh, he was understanding. He was way more understanding. Than I thought he was going to be. Okay. Um, the thing he wanted to make sure is that whatever I was going to do, that boat was close enough to the dock because I did just quit cold turkey. Mm-hmm. And I don't recommend doing that. If you want to get into business. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I went and bought, and I had money to buy the mower and buy the trailer, um, but I just, I just quit and said, I'm making the change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he just wanted what was best for me, which I can see now. And looking back, um, I, I should have strategically planned it a little better. Mm. That is uh, great advice. I, I uh, tell people that all the time. I get uh, people on doing like the one-on-one coaching calls I do and stuff like that. And they're like in that same situation. I've done YouTube videos on it. And I'm like, my best advice is don't quit your job that you've got right now. If you've never done lawn care before uh, as a business, as a, a job or, you know, that sort of thing, take your time. And, you know, um, you can start out with a few customers. You can do that on your days off and and see how that works for you do some planning uh before just quitting cold turkey because um you know i've had people firsthand who have uh you know watched my content and stuff like that and gone cold turkey uh or wanted to go cold turkey and i've told them you know not to and then a few months later they're like thanking me for it going you know what i figured out these last few months that even though everything was going beyond my expectations in the lawn care business it's not for me and uh you know, I'm so glad Absolutely. that I took your advice and I didn't quit my job. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've still got uh, that to fall back on now. So that is, uh, uh, you know, great advice uh, that you are echoing there. Um, so in your lawn care business, do you have uh, any employees or are you a one-man operation? Currently, I'm a one-man operation. I've had people help me from time to time. Like I've had a friend uh, with... Uh, when- COVID started happening. He worked at a, uh, a college here where in my town and um, he said, man, I'm out of work. I, I got to keep my lights on. Um, and I said, well, you know, I'm not going to let them turn off your electricity. Come on. You know, I'll, I'll provide you with some work uh, uh, to keep you afloat until things get better. And I've done stuff like that. But, um, uh, but for the most part, it, it's been just me. Okay. Very cool. So, this next question is uh, one of my uh, favorites, uh, and uh, it is, uh, how would you, Mike Murphy, define success? I think success comes from knowing what your goals are and what your why is, um, and striving to meet that, whether it's you want to be the best husband and father you can be to your wife and kids you know, be that and you'll be successful, you know? And uh, I mean, if some people's success to them are money, I mm-hmm. don't personally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think as knowing your why and, and just being the best you can be uh, for that, you know, yeah. um, for me, it's being there for my family, not missing a night to put my son and daughter into bed. Now. I mean, I got two kids and, uh, being there for supper, I, I mean, that's success to me because I know in my previous job, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yes. Um, and so I value it much more where I'm at now. Very cool. Very cool. And that's, you know, uh, something that um, really 
resonates with me. I'm very similar in that in terms of um, the money is important, but it's not what drives me. Um, there's countless uh, occasions where I could have made uh, money in certain situations that I've you know didn't because it wasn't the it was the only reason to do that would be, would have been for the money. Um, and lawn care is one of those things where when I was first introduced to it. Uh, through the um, franchise system, uh, and I got to see, you know, different franchisees running their the same business ultimately in different ways. From you know, young guys having some crews and multiple trailers under one franchisee, to the older guy who had just retired uh, after you know uh, uh, his you know sort of lifelong uh, working for some other company, and then decided that he didn't want to you know, be at home doing nothing. So he bought a franchise for a lawn care business. And, you know, I remember him saying, you know, for him, as long as he could make, you know, $200 a day, he was happy with that. And he would have his his dog with him. And he had no self-propelled mowers because he wanted the exercise. And it was like, wow, like lawn care, you, oh, can, wow. you can make it however you want. You can make it as big as you want or as small as you want. You know, it, it will adapt and fit to whatever uh, you want. And to each of those people, the success was different in what, you know, they needed to get out of uh, that business. So to give some people some, yeah. So to give some people some context on the types of properties you maintain, um, maybe talk about uh, sort of the size properties that you do uh, and maybe the types of equipment that you use uh, to maintain them. Yeah, I do uh, anywhere from, I think the smallest yard I do is probably 8,000 square feet, um, okay. all turf area, obviously a little bigger with the house. Yep. And the largest property I do is seven acres. Oh, wow. Um, so- I live in a little suburb outside of Bowling Green um, in Alberton. Um, so I commute about 10 minutes to Bowling Green to, uh, to, to mow primarily. Okay. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of, your regular neighborhood with a sidewalk, um, probably a quarter acre yard, you know, fenced in for yeah, the yeah. dog, all that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty standard in this area. But okay. uh, for equipment, I use Ferris mowers. Okay. Um, I'm a, I'm a live and die by that mower. Okay. For, uh, I just, I think they build a heck of a machine. Um, I use a, they're stand-ons, uh, one's a 52 inch V2 and the other is a, 36 inch z1 okay um, and i just think as a solo operator um, having a 52 inch mower and a 36 inch mower is just i my efficiency has been so good since adding that 36 this year mm-hmm. um it's literally just about paid for itself that's awesome that's very very cool it's so um when you can get into those different size mowers it can really make a difference um you know not only in the types of properties that you can take on but like you said the efficiency um of being able to pick the right you know mower for that particular uh property with me doing you know smaller um properties uh you know some of them like i refer to as the postage stamps uh you know having that range for me of like a 21 inch a 30 and a 36 um, is like it covers the the you know whole gambit for me, uh, and is you know 
the perfect setup uh, in my situation. But it's you know something I wouldn't have thought of when I started a lawn care business was relying on one mower. And I uh, didn't quite understand uh, that, uh, that, uh, you know, as you grow, if you can add those different sizes, it can make a huge difference um, to your efficiency, which ultimately means more money in your pocket because you can either do more jobs um, or, you know, be done sooner. Uh, and, uh, you know, just uh, that efficiency uh, all the way around is uh, just absolutely fantastic. Um, so you mentioned uh, there with uh, your friend, um and hiring hiring him uh, part time um, to help out uh, here and there, uh, you know, it was due to COVID. So you know, twenty twenty has been a huge challenge uh, to a lot of businesses, a lot of industries. Uh, has it uh, affected uh, your business? In some ways, it has, and in some ways, it hasn't. Um, I felt like my phone has rang like quadruple this year. Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of tire kickers. I mean, I've, okay. I've had people say, "Oh, we we want to, you know, rip out everything around our house and re-landscape it." You know, and I, you know, I start talking budget. I'm like, "Well, it's your budget," um, and they're like, "Well, we can't do anything over 300." And I'm like, "Well, I mean, that might get you some mulch." I I hate to be mean, but you know, uh, I had a ton of those calls. Yeah, year. okay. Um, and I've had a lot of past clients that I've done kind of one-off jobs for in the past reach out this year and just have me do uh, you know, a little bit of everything. I've had, I built, I mean, I built it a lot. I've probably built 25 to 30 somewhere in there, uh, just wooden raised garden beds for people. Oh, nice. Um, I've, I noticed a lot of people started gardening this year and mm-hmm. I had a customer who uh, asked me to build their one. And I said, well, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to. So I built it and she's on a, uh, her Facebook uh, neighborhood group. And so she posted a picture saying, Hey, I'm going to have vegetables or, or tomatoes if anyone wants some. And next thing you know, I mean, it was just, Hey, who built that? Can they build me one? Can they get a quote? And uh, it kind of threw me off guard to be honest, um, which was, it worked out well because mm-hmm. my son was born on March uh, 19th okay. of 2020. And so it was like literally the day they started closing everything down. Mm. Um, and I was like, Lord, I've got medical bills to pay for this kid. Mm-hmm. I was like, just, you know, I don't care if it's mowing, like anything. I, yeah, I need yeah. anything. Um, and literally about a week later, all that happened. And so I was uh, just greatly blessed to, uh, to, to be able just to do that on top of my already land, busy landscaping and mowing schedule. Oh, um, that's awesome. That's that's uh, absolutely awesome. It's so cool to hear stories like that, uh, where uh, you know you uh, ask God for some help, and you know it shows up. It's uh, you know uh, you know asking you shall receive uh, sort of thing, right? So it's I love hearing stories like that. Absolutely cool uh, to hear that. Um, so you mentioned there with those uh, raised garden beds and things like that. Do you offer? Um, any other services that are not lawn care or landscaping related, uh, like uh, power washing or window cleaning, for example? No, I I actually swore I'll never clean another window in my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> previous business venture, uh, we I'm sure you've seen. I think it uh, Keith Kelsis does it. Yeah, the water fed pole. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did. I mean, we did med- medical centers and like 
uh, not skyscrapers, but up to like six stories with those things. Okay. Um, and it, I mean, it beat the heck out of me. And I said, I'll never clean another window okay. a day in my life. Okay. Uh, so for the, but for the most part, you know, I do some light tree work. Uh, if someone needs, uh, trees elevated, um, that kind of just mainly like landscape enhancements, but I try to stay away from the odd jobs during, uh, the growing season. Um, when my schedule slows down and one of my customers asks me for something, I, I'm, I do it for them, but I kind of make it an effort to say, Hey, I really don't do this for everybody. I'm, you know, I just, I'm going to, I just want to want you to have an honest contractor in here. Um, and you know, I've got the time to do it. And, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm happy to do it. Okay. Uh, it keeps me busy in the winter because um, where I'm at, I'm about 45 minutes north of Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And so we don't get a lot of snow. Um, it's cold enough to where you, the grass doesn't grow, but it's warm enough to where if we get snow, it's typically gone by noon. Okay. Um, so just little stuff like that. I might offer it, but I don't advertise it. Okay. Sounds... Uh... Sounds good. So we're just going to take a quick break here to uh, hear from our sponsor. At Xmark, we've poured decades of leading-edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider more landscape pros trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark.com to experience an Xmark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now. Okay, so uh, in your business, do you um, offer commercial and residential work? Uh, and if so, uh, which of those uh, do you prefer and why? I do about, say, 10 to 15% commercial work. Um, I'm very picky with my commercial work. I mean, you've, you've mentioned it on uh, past episodes where um, commercials can be difficult to work with because they're, they want to be sometimes net 90. And um, so I, I stay away from all that as much as I can. Okay. Um, I've got a couple like mom and pop shops here yep. that I take care of their facility, you know, a barbecue place and uh, a trash transfer station and some random things like that. Um, but I prefer residential. I just feel like the connection is better between the, the service provider and the customer. Yes. Um, and I feel like they just value it so much better. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I decide I need to stay an extra hour and make sure, you know, that bed is edged perfectly and square, um, they're not just going to, replace me in the next year for someone, you know, 10 cents cheaper. Yes. Uh, yes. But I prefer the, the residential all day. Um, I will do commercial, but, um, yeah, I'm picky. If, if they're not going to give me their credit card to put on file and that stuff, I, I that's my policy. I just kind of walk away. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's not many people in my area who do that, but I just don't with me, my time's super limited being a, uh, owner operator. Yeah. I just don't have time to be chasing that down. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> to me, it's, <laughs> it's exactly the same. It's uh, I for all the reasons you said, residential for me is is gold versus. And I know it's opposite for other people, but for me, um, 
it really doesn't bother me that I don't do um, very much commercial. Um, and, you know, in fact, I could care less. I just, I just really love the residential uh, part of it, uh, that connection that, um, you know, uh, people coming out and saying hello and stuff. And, um, you know, and when you're doing a good job and taking pride in your work and then, uh, you know, coming out each week and just they're so appreciative of it. Um, it just, it just makes that, uh, relationship, uh, and, and just, you know, everybody likes that, right. To, to have their work appreciated and stuff. We're on, you know, commercial jobs. It's, you know, not really that it's always about the price. Uh, doesn't matter, you know, how good of a job you do that next year, you know, it's going up for bid again. And, uh, so yeah. that sort of stuff just, uh, and the fact that they do take longer to pay, you know, most of them. And I've had success in getting credit cards from commercial ones. And the ones that uh, don't, I just walk from because I'm like, you know, it's not it's not worth my time to do that, right? I'm not sitting here working and waiting, you know, three months to get paid or whatever, right? It's like it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Absolutely. So- and that's something I learned early on from you guys. I mean, I was when I was starting, I mean on the janitorial side, you wait. I mean, we just did commercial where uh, it was much better because I felt like they trusted the cleaning people a little bit more because, you know, you're in their office. You see pictures yeah. of their family on their yeah. desks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the most part, yeah. they just paid within two weeks. Um, but I learned that early on just from when I found your podcast. I think I found your podcast, I don't it was like episode like 70-something, where I kind of jumped on board. Oh, nice. Um, but, yeah, I, I heard you talk about that, and I was like, okay, you know, that, if I'm doing this, you know, that, that's what I'm doing. It's I might lose out on potential customers getting things rolling, but, um, and which I did. I mean, a lot of people said, I, I don't know you from Adam. I've, you know, I've, first year I've heard of your business, and I did lose customers. Mm-hmm. But I found the longer I've been um, the more they begin to trust that. Yeah, yeah. And so I thank you guys for telling me that. I mean, like I said, it, it saved me that uh, punch in the gut is what I like to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 funny when you hear people, you know, like they say that, you know, you know, they don't know you from Adam and stuff. And I'm thinking in my head, well, it's exactly the same for me, you know, <laughs> you, but, you expect me, <laughs> but you expect me to come here and put my labor, which I can't take back once it's done and not get paid for, you know, three months. Sort of thing. It's like that doesn't make you know any sense to me. Um, so oh, that's so true. Yeah. So it's one of those, uh, just one of those things. And and those businesses. It's funny because you turn around, whatever they are, they're um, you know whether they're uh, hairdressers, you know, or uh, insurance companies or whatever you know, makes up uh, whatever business it could be. Uh, transfer station, like you mentioned. And it's like, well, okay, well, uh, how about I come in and use your services and I'll pay you in, in three months for that, right? And it's like, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 no, 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 that's not how it works. Oh, it does. that's not how it works. Well, <laughs> I know, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and I wish there wasn't such a stigma, like, on the landscaping industry as a whole. Um, I feel like the landscaping industry, uh, the more and more landscape work I do, the more and more I find people kind of find you legitimate. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Mowing, I think, is where people get iffy on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just what I've noticed. Yeah. Um, I've done. I've never. I just wanted to do mowing at first, but I knew that first year I wouldn't make enough income to to kind of make up what I was making or partially what I was making on my salary. Okay. Um, and so I just was like, you know, I can sling mulch, I can plant stuff, and um, 
I just kind of, I used that and I felt like once people noticed that a little bit more, oh, he was reliable, uh, replacing four shrubs for me or he did what he said he was going to do. Um, I felt like that opened a lot of doors for the mowing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, um, you know, when you're putting those things together, you're putting that residential side together who, who, you know, you're on their personal property and they tend to appreciate that work that you're doing. And if you're doing good work, obviously that's, they're going to appreciate that more that builds that relationship. And you start to get, for me, at least I am not the cheapest. I'm always pushing the boundaries to see what I can charge uh, each year. Uh, Like it seems like I'll raise my quotes more and more for new customers and, uh, and go from there. And and I'm always playing with that. Uh, And you get these customers and they, take you on and they're super happy with the work and stuff. And you're like, wow, like, you know, I wouldn't have thought I could be able to charge this much and have a customer so happy uh, about it. And then they start referring family and friends. And it's like, well, this is awesome because they've obviously talked me up to their family and friends and they know what I'm charging. And it's just like, wow, like there's this, you know, once you start gaining that confidence and you're building those relationships, it could make, uh, you know, business a lot, uh, a lot easier for you. Uh, But, Obviously, that hinges on doing that quality work uh, and, uh, you know, valuing valuing those relationships as well, not taking advantage of people uh, and doing anything, uh, you know, nefarious, charging their credit card for right. things you haven't done or stuff like that. Um, so this next question um, is one that uh, can sometimes give people pause for thought where they got to kind of think about it. And that is, uh, share us a time you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. Well, the first year I was in business, I, I started, I went down a January 1, 2018, went down to the county courthouse and I started starting a business. Here's my money for my license and all that. I got all that going. Um, that was before we had kids in about, I'd say, April of that year, we found out we were going to be uh, expecting our first child. Um, there, I, like I said, I quit cold turkey. Yeah. Um, I had like three mowing customers. Um, my wife was working for a small business at the time here in Bowling Green. And so, uh, and me quitting cold turkey, we didn't have any insurance. And so having a baby without insurance was really scary Mm -hmm. um, in my personal life. Yes. Um, My previous position, I did a lot of like in the field, managing crews, that kind of thing. I wasn't really much of a seller. That wasn't my role. Um, Just getting, forcing myself to not be so introverted. Okay. um, And talk to people. I remember I showed up at this one girl's door. Um, and I was like, I can't believe I'm knocking on this girl. Like she, uh, she was freaking out and you know, she, but that was like, that was me in my own head. Yeah. Um, but the, I knew that my family was kind of depending on me mm-hmm. and I knew that, uh, you know, like we said, you know, if you, if you ask, you will receive, um, and it was kind of that similar situation. I was like, Lord, if this is your will, you know, I, I'm not asking for a million dollars. I'm just, if it's your will, you know, let it be done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I, it just kept getting back to me. Like I'd see people around town, other companies, and um, I just felt like he was telling me, "Hey, you know, reach out to these people. Reach out to these people." Um, and I felt like once I started doing that, uh, it kind of solved everything. We were able to, to pay for our first child, you know, right there after she was born. Uh, I was able just to write a check and, and be done with it, and that was just off the lawn care. Uh, business and some from my wife's job, but mostly the lawn care business. And I'd say that was, it's more of a personal life struggle, yep. but it just so happened to be at the start of the business. Okay. Uh, yeah. I can't even imagine <clears throat> those stresses there to um, be in that situation where you're, you know, you've quit that previous uh, job that you have a very secure job, being a family business and then having a child and then having those bills um, to pay for. Um, like I can't even imagine uh, what that would be like uh, to have to go through that. Um, you know, obviously I'm in a different country and we uh, have a different uh, sort of system here and everybody's got healthcare covered and stuff by the government. So it's not a worry for individuals here. Right. Uh, so I think to that and I, cause I, I have relatives actually um, a cousin of mine who, uh, married a uh, U.S. citizen, and she moved to Pennsylvania. She grew up here in Vancouver and stuff, and then she had babies and stuff. And I remember her talking about the hospital bills and how much it costs to have a baby. And I was like, "That is like insanity! Like to that you have to oh, that you have to pay that much money to have a baby. Uh, it's just yeah, it's just I can't even imagine uh, you know having to deal with that. That's uh, yeah, that could." just put a ton of stress on you um so and it was yeah. it was a good stress in a sense because i felt like that forced me to kind of come out of my shell yep um and it just i mean I, I was always good at like talking to people if someone came in the office when i was there working or ran into someone i you know, i'd find talking to them but like trying to sell um i'm just i'm terrible at it oh yeah uh, but it just it kind of worked itself out to where I almost had jobs. Like you said, there was a lot of referrals for someone, either family members or people I've done work for that have already sold the job for me. Um, and I was just blessed enough to have those just happen. Um, and it was, like I said, I look back on it now and I was so kind of caught up and, Oh, I, you know, I, we got this, $1,500 ultrasound bill in the mail. I'm like, how am I going to pay that? Uh, you know, and it just, it, seemed, it always seemed like God had a check in the mail for me or like a, a job lined up and something to work out. It was just uh, truly unbelievable how it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. It's, uh, I have a very similar um, sort of experience in that way. And that just, you know, always counting your blessings always being grateful for what you do have. And, you know, when you kind of sit back and, um, you know, just put your trust in God that everything seems to always work out. Um, you know, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's just one of those, uh, one of those things I'm a strong believer in. Um, so what is your favorite thing about being self-employed? I'm going to go ahead and beat a dead horse here and say the freedom. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, the previous job, I mean, I was 
people would call in. I'd have to cover, and I felt like I was working eighty hours a week. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, if my wife says, "Hey, you know, I got to work. Um, you got to take our daughter to her, uh, you know, two-year-old checkup," you know, I can say, "Oh, yeah, that's no problem. I can just start a little later, or I can take them to daycare today." And just just being able to I, being able to do that for my family, I just don't think you can put a price on it. No, um, it's just. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, if they have a, their wife works part time or a stay at home wife, um, they typically take that uh, role. But when you're when you have two full time uh, parents that are, you know, have have a career, that is just a really hard uh, ball to juggle. Yes. Absolutely. The uh, that freedom makes all the difference. Uh, you know, I, I've told the story many times about, you know, saying to myself that I would never work for anybody else again. Um, but uh, it's funny over the years as I've gotten older and, you know, it gets harder and harder to do what the amount of lawns and the amount of jobs and things like that, that I used to be able to do. And I'll come home beat up and stuff and be sore for a few days after or uh, stuff like that. My wife is like, oh, you know, always going like, man, like you're really like, uh, you know, killing yourself here. Like, why don't you, uh, maybe it's time to think about doing something different. Maybe, maybe, you know, think about getting a job, doing something different. And I'm like, man, that, that ship has sailed after 15 years of being yeah. employed for myself even if I wanted to go back on my own promise of never working for anybody else again, there is absolutely no way I could go to work for somebody else again after having all of the freedom for 15 years of making my own decisions and all that and and seeing um, what I've learned, obviously, that you know maybe there'll come a day where lawn care I can't physically do and maybe I don't want to have employees or something. But from what I've learned is that, hey, you know what, I can just transition to, into a different business and do something else, but always being my own boss. I've learned enough in the 15 years that of what it takes to be successful in terms of, you know, being able to get a paycheck and all that sort of stuff that, uh, you know, I'm sure I could transition to something different if the time were to ever come to that. Uh, but to go back to working for somebody else like that is not happening ever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I'm like I said. I mean, I was part of that. I've worked for one other person in my lifetime, like like a W two job. Um, I was an employee. Our business. I was an employee of the business I was co ownership with. I mean, we had dividends and all that, and owners withdrawals. But like, so I've pretty much worked for myself for shoot. I mean, my almost my whole life since I was seventeen and able to work in the family business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's and I and I see people that um work the nine to five and they're just hey i you know we had a system failure here i gotta stay till nine but we're not getting paid for it because they like deemed it was kind of our screw up that we need to fix and i just i don't it's like almost like they're a, a dog on a leash you know it's yeah just uh and it's but you know when they're in the bigger corporation that um the it's they just hold them back. I feel. Um, okay. Uh, there's so many people with great potential. I noticed to do all kinds of things. And, um, I just feel like a lot of people have self-limiting thoughts and yes. beliefs. I mean, I was one of them. I kind of, 
I was, I knew I was a hard worker and I could do a really good job at whatever I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't think I could ever like be the person to go to. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, Isn't it amazing how, what you thought would have been, you know, potentially impossible before you started your business and then you, you know, you start to do it and it's a bit of a challenge in the beginning, but then it just kind of smooths out and it becomes uh, almost second nature. And then you start to see other plateaus that you think that you like, you've made it to this point that you never thought you would have made it. And now it kind of opens up whole new areas that you go, well, I could do that now. And, you know, you kind of try those things and then those happen and succeed. And then it opens up even bigger, uh, you know, removes more limitations and stuff that you have in your mind. And you realize that it is all just in your mind of, uh, you know, what it is, um, you know, (laughs) that you could do. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree 100 percent on that. Awesome. So uh, my next question is, we're going to transition a little bit uh, into uh, marketing here. So in what ways do you market your business and maybe share your number one marketing tip? The number one thing I do is, uh, I mean, I built a website. Um, thanks to you. Oh. <laughs> I, you were the first, and it was funny. I wasn't even, this is how I found you out. I started my business. I need to, I need to do a website. You know, I looked at GoDaddy um, and a couple other places. I just, it just didn't feel right to me. And so I was like, well, you know, off to YouTube University. So I typed yeah. in how to build a website. And you were like one of the first people. I think you were like the third video. Okay. And I was like, hey, that's our lawn care. Yeah, yeah. So I clicked it. Um, and I just kind of learned from there. Um, and I, and this is the crazy thing. I, I haven't done any SEO on it. Okay. The only thing I've ever done was link a Google My Business to it, and it ranked me number one in my city. I mean, I can I got up past people that have been in business for twenty plus years that have fifteen crews in my area. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was by God doing it or if I just fluked something out. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my primary way to get it. Um, and Facebook, I, I just do a lot of before and afters on Facebook and share, okay. like and share, like and share. Um, and that has generated a lot of work, but, um, awesome. I did postcards once in my life and it was a terrible experience. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I, I ordered, uh, I forgot who I, I think I heard, uh, Jonathan with Florida turf, uh, turf pros. He was like, Hey, you know, I got these postcards that work really well. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Got, got this to print and got a bunch printed up, went to this bigger neighborhood uh, and bigger HOA where I'm at. Uh, I put them all in there. The paper boxes, don't put them in the mailbox folks. Yeah. Uh, paper box. And I guess their paper boxes were a little bigger than like the standard paper box. Okay. And, uh, that next, we had a windstorm roll through oh, no. and nice flyers. <laughs> everywhere in the neighborhood. Oh, no. Um, I got a call that next morning, and they were like, hey, um, are you the owner of Murphy's Lawn and Landscape? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she said, well, I'm looking at your postcard, and in my mind, I was thinking, holy crap, yeah. this is gold. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm the, in charge of the HOA over here at the neighborhood, you know, and, and 
She said, your postcards are everywhere. Um, and so I was spent like six hours walking around that HOA picking up postcards. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've since been a little more strategic at doing it when I I've done it one other time. I went, uh, bought a bunch of pens and I slid them on the, uh, postcard with a business card and I put them in mailboxes that way. And it seemed to be all right. I okay. just didn't see the return. Of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I just try to really push the word of mouth. Yeah. 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 That word of mouth is always gold. I, I've had some, you know, relatively good luck for postcards. Um, I think when I checked last, it was like for every hundred that I would deliver, I would maybe get like one or two calls per hundred, which I thought, well, that's not too bad because right. it doesn't take too long to drop off a hundred postcards. Um, but the business took off so quickly that I've literally got boxes of postcards still because I didn't, you know, I was planning on this big blitz and stuff and then just never needed them. And now I look at them and going, well, you know, it says, you know, lawn start at 30 bucks. <laughs> That's like, you know, 15 or <laughs> 10 years ago, you know, started pricing. So I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was time like, to throw those in the fire pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Um, so uh, I'm just going to take another uh, quick break and then uh, we'll get uh, back right into it. Hey, Lawn Care Nation, want to kickstart your lawn care business in the right direction? Introducing the Lawn Care Business Success Academy and the How to Price Lawns Profitably course. Save yourself the time and headaches of trying to figure out how to price lawn mowing jobs properly on your own. Learn about knowing your numbers and how to set a profitable hourly rate in five steps. Discover the five things to consider before quoting a lawn. What to look for when you're out in the field how to spot red flags, and what questions to ask prospective clients. Then learn how to put it all together and the best way to present a quote. So if you're ready to get your business on the road to profitability, then head over to LawnCareBusinessSuccessAcademy.com. Okay, so uh, one of the most common questions that I get in my business is, what do I do in the winter? So uh, I know we touched on this a little bit uh, uh, in the introduction there, but, uh, uh, if there's a winter off season in your business, uh, what do you do in the winter? Well, uh, I kind of use that opportunity to kind of vision set for the next year. I don't like to go over a year for setting my goals. Okay. I have a few long-term goals I'd like to hit, but for the most part, I just use that time to, uh, uh, just make sure my finances are in order. Um, make sure my uh, equipment's all going to be good for the next spring. I'll do some networking with other companies and nurseries here in the area and just try to build the foundation for the next year. Okay. Um, and really, I don't really stop the landscaping. I mean, I get calls pretty much through January. So um, I really only stop working in about February, maybe the first week into March. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like a, four to six week window when I'm actually down. Okay. Um, but for the most part, um, I just try to just be prepared and get off at the, uh, get off on the right foot for the next season. Okay. Sounds good. Very cool. Um, so what are your future plans or goals for your business? Well, I really want to try to expand my landscaping a little bit more. Um, I actually just made an investment later, uh, or earlier this week, um, it's 
the day before Thanksgiving, if people are listening to this in the future, um, I bought a dump trailer to, to make my landscaping easier. Um, I'm only 27 years old, and it's crazy what in three years this business has done to my back. Yeah, I, It is unbelievable. Like, I've heard it. Um, but until you experience it, um, I, I never believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been making some investments to make stuff easier. I like to grow that side and get down to like a two day mowing schedule. Okay. Um, I don't do any hardscaping or anything like that. I tried just to do more soft scapes, uh, tear outs and redos, uh, property cleanups. Um, that, that I found that's kind of my niche that yeah. I'm, really good at and can be profitable at uh, Mm -hmm. for the landscape side. Um, So I'd really like to grow that part. Okay. That's very cool. I think um, those uh, teardowns, I've heard uh, Paul Jameson talk a lot about that too. That, uh, you know, that's what uh, basically all he does now in his business. Uh, He doesn't do any mowing anymore. He just, that's all he does is the teardown or tear outs and, uh, you know, improvements, he calls them. Um, Yeah. So, uh, uh, what's the weirdest thing that you've maybe seen or has happened to you uh, during business? Do you have any any fun stories you can share? Lord have mercy, I've, <laughs> I've got two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. Okay, um, I did this. It was literally like I started my business January one, twenty eighteen, and I said, you know what? This is going to be great. You know, I play uh, play ice hockey with a realtor here in town, um, which I know, I know people are thinking ice hockey in Kentucky. Yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a realtor, and he had a, a client who needed some just you know shrub trimming and pine straw done. So he said, "No, hey, call my buddy; he, he'll take care of you." So I got this phone call, and I said, "Oh, you know, okay." Um, it was my first ever experience with pine straw. Okay, I had. Rolled up to this guy's house. I mean, he probably had this $2 million home. I mean, it was huge. Um, the, he said, uh, you know, go to the, go, here's his address. You've got a for sale sign in his front yard. Yeah. I said, okay, cool. Um, he said, he doesn't live there. So, you know, you can get started as early as you want and as late as you want. So I, I go look at it and I'm like, okay. Um, I think it was like 212 bales of pine straw. Um, I needed, I think there was like 80 shrubs that needed to be trimmed. Um, so I, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be here all day. Yeah. So I wrote a quote and sent it over to him. He accepted it like within 30 seconds, yeah. probably because I didn't know my numbers cause I didn't really have numbers yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I was, I was priced really, I look back at, I think I charged him like, $1,200. Okay. Um, I wasn't near where I needed to be for that job. Um, and so I went and I did it. I took me a day and a half and I, I texted him. I said, uh, Hey man, just letting you know, um, got your, your pine straw in, um, shrubs are done. Everything looks good. You can call uh, my friend who's in real estate. So he you know, sums up to take pictures and he said, okay, cool. Um, I'll go check it out. He showed up and he said, uh, Hey, um, I thought you said you did the pine straw. I said, I did do the pine straw. I sent him pictures. I took. 
Uh-oh. He said, um, <laughs> that's my name. Oh. Are you kidding me? And the way this neighborhood was set up is they had mailboxes on the, uh, at the in front of each driveway. Yeah. Um, I had a cough there for a minute. Sorry about that. No problem. Uh, and, but the, uh, the mailbox for that, for one house was across the street. So if you lived across the street, you had to walk across to get your mail. Oh. I saw the, the mailbox and the address and assumed it belonged to that house on the property. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it had a for sale sign. It had a dumpster in the front yard like they were, uh, you know, remodeled. I mean, it was a really nice house. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like an idiot. <laughs> um, so I ate that cost and pretty much had to go redo this guy's job, which was, he had, I mean, all the houses were about the same size. They all lived on about two acres, um, just an un, ungodly amount of pine straw. Yeah. Um, and I went over to that house that I had done. I said, Hey, I am so sorry, but I just landscaped your house. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I was wondering what had happened. Um, and I said, it was my fault. Um, you know, like totally on me, you know, it, it just, you care if I put a sign in your front yard, <laughs> you know, just to kind of help with this damage. And she said, well, our HOA really doesn't allow signs, yard signs in here. And I said, well, you know, that's fine. Uh, just, I said, if, if you've liked the work I did, um, I mean, give you a couple business cards. If you know anyone, uh, you know, send out the, just you know, put my name out there. Yeah. It, it was, it was, uh, so embarrassing. <laughs> I ended up picking up two commercial places, um, from that job, which was kind of worked out. I mean, it was an expensive advertising if you really break down into it. Yes. But I would, it wasn't all for nothing. Yeah, so I yeah. look back at it and laugh. I was fuming the day I did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that, that I be worse. Yeah, one of the things that I do um, if I'm not meeting the customer and I'm going to go do a quote is like even if the address numbers are like on the house itself, and I know okay this is the place. In my quote that I email them, I'll attach a photo of the house of the front of the house, and. Oh, that's a good idea. And just email it to them, right? So they've got their quote, they've got a picture of the house, and then that way, obviously, if it's not the house, then they're going to respond back going, well, that's not the house sort of thing, right? Before I've ever done any work or they've accepted the quote or anything like that, right? So I always just take a photo, attach it to the bottom, and send it as part of the quote. Uh, and then uh, that way I know that, yes, this is the place that, you know, that they're... Uh, that's a real... I'm going to have to start doing that. Yeah, so... I really like that. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, what would you say are a, say like a hidden pitfall with running a lawn care business that you see that would prevent people from succeeding? The, the biggest thing I see in this industry, which I was blessed enough to come from a service industry, um, where I kind of knew like cost of business, um, a lot of people in this industry are, they love their equipment and they love tools. They love, um, working on stuff. Most of them are hands-on and do the stuff themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, 
I find like from the smaller people around me that I, I I'm kind of network with here, they don't really have budgets or like separate like accounts to pull from if they need to go buy uh, like a new socket set for the shop or they just kind of say, well, you know, Hey, I need it. And so I just swipe the debit card and it comes out. Uh, and I really don't know what I spend on that till the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I've, I think it's critical to know where your uh, money's going. And you hear Paul Jameson say it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get paid from, Mrs. Smith, she gives you $400 because you just went and did some mulch. You got to go put that $400 in the bank and then distribute it where you need to, not go buy Taco Bell and then a new drill at Home Depot because it's next to Taco Bell. I mean, you that money's got to be accounted for. Yes. And it's got to be, you got to know what you can buy. Um, yeah, yeah. Because that first year, I kind of fell into that trap. I was like, you know, I'm investing in my business. I keep hearing people say, invest in your business. Um, and it was, I, I had to work a little bit that first year, uh, just a part-time job just to kind of get through the two months I wasn't working. Um, but I learned real quick. I was like, okay, if I don't tell my money where to go, it's going to choose a path on its own. Yeah. Um, and that's the biggest pitfall I see. I, I know people that do phenomenal work, um, but when it comes to the money management, um, they it just lacks a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's awesome advice. Um, it kind of reminds me too of situations that you know, like you know, I've talked about how I only take credit card now, and uh, but you still get customers who are like you know they try to do the cash under the table type thing right how much if i pay you in cash or blah blah blah. and i always explain to people that you know what i don't take just cash it's only credit card for everybody and i said um you know the reason for that is you know every four or five years or whatever the case may be if i have to go and refinance my mortgage at the bank and I have to, you know, go buy a new truck for my business and I got to finance that or whatever the case may be, I could have boatloads of money coming out of my pockets, but it doesn't mean anything to any of them if it's not on paper. If it's not, you right. know, if it's not there uh, accounted for and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I, you know, it, it means nothing to me. It has to go through the business. It has to go. Uh, through the proper channels so that, uh, you know, even down the road, if you're thinking about maybe one day you want to retire and you want to sell your business, well, uh, how do you prove uh, all this money you've made if you're doing it all for cash and stuff like that, right? Uh, and you want to show the records and, and stuff, right? It adds value to your business by having that all on paper, showing, you know, every year's income and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's one of those things. And then being able to, like you said, make sure that money is in the bank or, and so that you can direct it to whatever you want it to be. And you're not just, um, you know, spending it here and there because it's in your pocket, uh, can right. make, can make a huge, uh, you know, difference, especially, uh, in a seasonal type business where, you know, come this time of year where the income kind of slows down, you want to make sure you've, you know, you've got that winter fund, you've got, you know, stuff taken care of, you know, you're going to be comfortable, uh, for the next few months. And, and this year has proven with COVID that, you know, some crazy stuff can happen out of your control and you don't know 
what's around the corner. And you always want to have that sort of you know, contingency um, built up for that. Uh, Absolutely. That, that's just, uh, I, I think that just comes down to, uh, like, some people have stronger willpower than others. Like, I know people that have, uh, you know, the family members who, oh, I put my money under my mattress. I don't trust the bank. Yeah. Um, if they got the willpower to do that and not blow it, you know, that's all good. But, you know, but my opinion is, if you don't put it through, if you don't run it through your business account, it, it never happened. You never made that money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you were to start your lawn care business all over again, what is one thing that you would do differently? I, that's a tough one. Um, I was lucky enough to like, listen to you know your podcast and uh like jason creel and johnny moe I, I listened to them like you know like their word was law yeah like especially johnny moe he I, I really wanted to learn and like learn how the cash flow was of the lawn care industry yeah he was a huge part of uh me not falling straight on my face mm-hmm. but the the it's that's a tough one. Any sort of like mistakes or things that you made early on that you would have maybe done differently now? I think I would have learned to say no, like looking back, like there were some things where like I knew what a job was worth. Uh, I fit it a certain way. And someone would say like, Hey, look, we like you. You seem really trustworthy and reliable, but it's just a little bit more expensive. Uh, Can you work with our price? Um, And it's not their fault or their own for asking. I'm sure if I would have said no, they would have just went with me anyway. Yeah. But I had that self-limiting thought that like, I don't know. I I don't think I did a good job selling it. I don't, I must've been lacking on, you know, maybe they can't sense my confidence. Uh And so I'd say, yeah, you know, and we kind of work something out. Uh, if I wish I could just eliminate like that part of the first year and a half specifically. Okay. Okay. And to help you out, actually, you actually did answer this question previously uh, when you said that uh, you probably wouldn't have quit your previous job, cold turkey, uh, and you would have done some more planning. I guess that kind of fits for uh, this question as well. Uh so, if uh, what is one resource uh, that you use the most in uh, building your lawn care business? Well, um, when it comes to like an online resource, um, I use YouTube and Instagram a lot just to um, kind of figure out what other people have done if I run across something. Um, <clears throat> excuse me uh, like Caleb Alden has a ton of information if you if you just follow him I mean you you get a education every day up on this Instagram story yeah um, I lean a lot on that uh, like through an online thing networking outside of it um, in person uh, I network a lot with my nursery supplier um, 
they in return sent me a lot of work. Okay. Uh, and it's just been a really good relationship that we've kind of formed. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great idea. I guess just to you know make a make a short story long is just networking. Okay. Uh, never stop networking if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Your uh, what's that saying about um, your network equals your net worth or something like that? <laughs> yeah. The more people oh, you exactly. you network with and stuff, the more successful you're going to be uh, in business because you have those uh, connections. Um, Absolutely. What is one thing that you would say that people don't realize about running a lawn care business? I would say the physical aspect of it. Okay. Um, I've known a lot, like I said, I had that friend who's been helping me out here in uh, COVID. Um, and he said, man, he said, I, I didn't know what it took to do this on a professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one thing I learned quick starting this business. Anybody can mow grass, but to professionally mow a lawn, I mean, it, I view it as if you're paying, if I'm paying someone to mow my lawn, I want it to look like I paid someone to mow my lawn. Um, yes. And it. It, that's the biggest thing. I mean, it, like I said, three years in now, it's just been uh, more so the landscape side just wears you out. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I can foresee, you know, if I look five years from now, if I would have kept up doing it the way I did and not invest in, you know, a dump trailer or, uh, you know, bigger, better equipment, you know, comfortable stand on mowers. I don't know if I'd make it solo another five years just beating my body to death yeah 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 that's uh yeah that totally makes sense it's funny i uh when i had uh my son um come out and help me and he's just a teenager but it's funny watching him with like no experience kind of you know getting out there and doing it and and then you kind of see him uh he was like a young very healthy fit uh person and he's like you know having a a rough time at it and you're kind of i'm kind of like chuckling in the corner uh going to say yeah the old man still got it hey i can (laughs) out i'm like i'm like an ox i can out (laughs) work you with this stuff and just seeing the uh you know what you take for granted doing it every day in the attention to detail that you have and seeing, you know, yeah. somebody else doing it and they're not mowing straight lines and they're, you know, he'll mow a section and then empty the bag and then, you know, get distracted and start mowing a different section. It's like, well, you rolled the lawnmower over here to empty the bag out. Okay. That's fine. But then now you're starting to mow this section. What about the section that you stopped at when the bag was full? Like you left that whole <laughs> section over there. Why wouldn't you go finish that? <laughs> sort of thing so it's kind of funny the the little things that you see and it's like yeah it takes it's a bit different when you're doing it as business like you said if you're paying somebody to mow your lawn you want it to look like you're paying somebody to mow your lawn like that attention to detail you take for granted that uh, employees and stuff don't get right away but they will quickly learn as you (laughs) um drive those uh points home to them what would you say is your biggest frustration about running a lawn care business That's another tough one. I would say the the biggest frustration I have is when the chuck in a truck, as Paul Jameson says, 
anything. They come in and they're like, hey, I can do that for $20. Or I, I can do that. Well, it's okay because uh, I'm, I'm only so low, so I don't have your overhead. Yeah. Um, when they just come in and they think that way rather than thinking, hey, if he's charging what he's charging, shoot, I can make that money too. I, you know, I deserve to make more. Um, that's the most frustrating part of this business. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely something that uh, is a, a struggle for a lot of people in this industry that, uh, you know, there's such a wide range of um, options for a homeowner, uh, you know, whether they want to hire the kid after school mowing lawns to a professional, legitimate, uh, reputable business doing it. And obviously the costs for running those two businesses are completely different and you know the legitimate yeah. guys got to charge you know a lot more obviously than a kid doing it after school or something like that and there's a whole range in between of different businesses and stuff so that's i you know i would I definitely agree that that is a frustration that uh but again those relationships with residential clients can really help with that uh because what a lot of guys don't understand um, and I was one of those guys too, um, before, uh, my business before, you know, I put up flyers before I was doing it, uh, even before the franchise days when I was kind of just dabbling, I would put signs on telephone poles that said lawn mowing $15 and up. And, you know, I was just dabbling my feet in it. And I look back to that going, what the heck was I thinking? $15 <laughs> and up, right? Or uh, one of the businesses I've started in the past uh, was a sign and graphic business doing like decals and stuff for trailers and trucks and stuff. And I named that business Affordable Signs. What the heck was I thinking? <laughs> Why oh, would man. you? you, you well, were behind before you ever started. <laughs> exactly. Why would you position yourself in, you know, putting yourself as the cheapest guy, right? Like that's the last thing, but those are things you learn as you go uh, forward. So yeah, that would be a big, it is a big frustration in this because it's that low entry barrier of getting into the business, right? It doesn't take a lot of investment to get into mowing lawns. Um, in fact, you know, the kid after school can be doing it with the homeowner's own equipment and just, you know, yeah stuff so it's it's that right and uh, yeah that can be a huge frustration so um this uh we're down to the last two questions here uh and the next one here is one of my most favorite ones and that is uh share your best piece of advice with those just starting out in the business but i want you to come at this from the point of view of this is not just some stranger coming and asking you this is like, uh, you know, a family friend, a family's uh, child or something, you know, graduating out of college or something like that. You know, they're coming to you. They want to start a, a lawn care business. They're asking you for advice and you truly want to see this person succeed. What would you tell them? The, I would tell them to learn how to differentiate the, like, from your needs and your business needs, like, you're, you might be cutting grass, and even if you're solo, I, I mean, you're starting a business. It's, it's like a baby. Um, the business is going to need so much money, and you're going to need so much money. And so just try to figure out what your numbers are and, and try not to get caught up in the, oh, I got to run and trim Mrs. Smith's shrubs. Or, 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 or don't be busy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
um, I can sit at home on the couch and make nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you really want to just say, cause I think sometimes when you're passionate about something, whether it's lawn care, painting houses, building fences, um, you really need to sit down and say like, okay, I'm start like I'm starting a business. How do I make this feasible and what state uh, steps do I need to take to make this work? Uh, what action plan do I need to set out and just try to take the emotion out of it. Um, and some people that really helps them go and strives them. Um, I just like to set it down, take a step back and just, try to look at it. Okay. Um, and I felt like that's been one of the best things I've done. And I don't know if it's just because I come from a previous background where I knew what I hated about, like my work and my work life. Um, I hated that the hours were, uh, you know, everywhere. Someone would call in and I'd have to jump through hoops to cover them or, or, you know, manage. I think at one time I managed up to like, six people where I was. Um, but it's just like, the main thing is you, you have a business, you need to treat it like a business and do all the proper procedures. Talk to a CPA, talk to a lawyer, like ask, ask as many questions as you can to, to, to knowledgeable people. Okay. Um, and, and try to be logical about it. Um, try not to get emotional answers, try mm-hmm. to get logical answers. Uh, and I, I feel, Feel like that will steer you in the right direction awesome that's great advice uh so thank you very much for that uh the last question is a very uh, simple one and that is how can people follow you online well right now i'm only on instagram uh, i'm at murphy's lawns ky on instagram um i have a youtube channel but it's more to uh just interact comment uh okay get on the live video chat kind of thing. Uh, I do plan on, uh, in the future, maybe doing some review videos of some of the equipment I have. Uh, I really don't like to, I, I love the equipment. Um, I, it just takes a lot to what these YouTube videos do or YouTubers do. Yeah. I just know I'd have to take away time from my family or business to, to commit to it. I mean, I, I applaud those who do it. I mean, it, it's really impressive what they're doing. Um, but I like to leave that door open for the future. You know, I might post a video here and there. Okay. But, uh, Sounds good. I'll wait for my kids to get a little bit older. I know uh, my son's only would make him eight months this month. So he's still very young and needs a, a ton of attention. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> definitely in that first year for sure. That's awesome. Um, so thank you very much for uh, coming on to the podcast. I really do appreciate you uh, not only um, you know giving up your time uh, to uh, come on to the podcast, but also uh, for being a uh, listener of the show for so long. Oh, it's not a problem. I'm really honored to be on. Like I said, uh, you've, you've helped me a ton. I mean, more than I can say. I mean, I can't count on one hand more, you know, all the times where I'm like, man, I wonder how to get through this or do that. And, you know, then I get up Tuesday morning at six o'clock, check my phone. And I'm like, Oh man, I was just thinking about that. No, no. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate everything you do for the community. 
That's awesome. Thank you very much. Okay, there you go, uh, Lawn Care Nation. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed uh, that uh, interview episode with Mike Murphy from Murphy's Lawn and Landscape. I'll uh, leave a link in the uh, podcast show notes to his Instagram. Make sure you head on over there and give him a follow. So uh, that's it for this week, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.